Uh, good morning and welcome to River Glen. Special welcome to our Pewaukee launch team. They are over in the Family Life Center right now getting ready to practice for their grand opening in October. And if you're joining us online, I know a lot of college students have gone away. And so this is a great way for them to join us this morning. So if you're online, welcome. We are glad that you are with us. How's everyone doing today? Good, right? Yeah, it's Labor Day weekend, right? And, and that can mean only one thing. It means that summer is coming to an end. If Memorial Day is the unofficial beginning of summer, Labor Day is the official ending of summer. Pools and beaches, they started closing last week. Many of you, many of you are going to be in the classroom come Tuesday. That's right. The weather may still say it's summer, but let's face it. It's over. And now that's not to say that all hope is gone. Fall has a lot of new beginnings. High school football season, I think they're in week three right now. The Badgers, they had a big win on Saturday night. Aaron Rodgers just signed his contract. In addition to the $100-plus million, there is a guaranteed clause that they will win the Super Bowl this year. So that's in the contract. Um, and if you're not a sports fan, then there's some other good things happening. Anybody in, into Netflix here, right, Netflix fans? Stranger Things, season three. Oh, you guys got to check out Stranger Things. Right here at River Glen, we also have a lot of new beginnings. Next weekend, we're going to start a new series. It's called Irresistible. And it's all about how Jesus and the church can be the most irresistible thing in our community. People love Jesus. People like Jesus. People followed Jesus. And so join us as we discover this truth about how important Jesus is in our life and how River Glen can model that irresistible faith in our community. And then also next week, and this is super special, it's been something that we've been talking about for over a year now. You're going to want to be here because at all three services, we're going to do a special commissioning for our Pewaukee launch team. They're all going to be up here. They're all going to be on stage. And we're going to pray for them just during all three services that they will launch well, that they will bring that irresistible faith into a new community as they prepare for their grand, uh, grand opening October 7th. And I just want to ask you and encourage you to be here because it's going to be an awesome moment in our unfinished journey. And so Labor Day weekend, right, it's always about beginnings and endings. And I've always loved this weekend. 27 years ago yesterday, Kelly and I had our own ending and our own new beginning. What ended for us was the ability to sleep through the night what ended for us was the ability to sleep in on the weekends. What ended was the ability to go wherever we wanted, whenever we wanted, and do whatever we wanted. We said goodbye to two-door sports cars because what began for us is our son, Ian, our oldest son, Ian, was born 27 years ago yesterday. And so in the same way, today is also an ending. We're wrapping up our summer series called The Incredibles. And this incredible series was based on some incredible people listed in Hebrews 11. Hebrews chapter 11 is known as the faith chapter. And it's not that these Old Testament people are incredible in their own right. What makes them incredible is the same thing that makes you and I incredible, and that is our God. And so we spent this entire summer talking about faith, and many times these Incredibles, they demonstrated great faith, and at other times they demonstrated just a complete lack of faith. And so we're all coming from different backgrounds, and we are all here for different reasons this morning. Maybe some of you are just 
beginning to check out the teachings of Jesus. Maybe this is your first time, second time here, and you're trying to figure out what Jesus is all about. And and others of you, you are here right now because somebody made you be here, and you don't necessarily want to be here. Then there's another category. Some of us, we've been followers of Jesus for a long time, and this is the highlight of our week. We love getting connected to God through worship music and just feeling the Holy Spirit run through us. We love listening to the truth that we hear each weekend in the message, and we we just strive to put those teachings into our lives and, and applying it to our daily lives. And we love the opportunity to be generous during the offering because that gives us the ability to impact others. And so this is just a huge highlight of the week for a lot of people. And then some, some people have walked away. They've walked away from Jesus. They've kind of walked away from their faith. And they've tried to do life on their own. And they get to the point where they realize this isn't working as well as they thought it would. And so they come back and they want to recommit and they want to rededicate themselves to Jesus. So whatever reason you're here this morning, we are just glad that you're here because we want to continue in our conversation of faith. And what I did is I went and looked up the dictionary definition of faith. And it's defined this way. Faith is the complete trust or confidence in someone or something, which means we can put our faith in other people, we, we can hope and trust that they're going to provide for our emotional, our physical, our well-being. We, we can get to the point where our value is determined by who other people say we are and how they think we should feel. We can put our faith in things, in money, and, and, and possessions. We can put all of our confidence in that. And that works for a little bit of while. Um, there's a new study out this week that says money can buy happiness. Money can help buy contentment. And so we can have the sacred bank account. We can put all of our trust and all of our hope in that. And we can place our things and our, our, our confidence in big homes, in fancy cars, in great vacations. And they all matter until they don't. And we can place our faith in ourselves. We can have complete confidence in ourselves. But then what happens when we fail? Where does our trust and our hope go when we blow it? And so each week we've looked at this verse from Hebrews 11. Now faith is the confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. That's what trust is. Trust is to be certain of what we do not see. And I want to look at another verse from Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. And I think this verse will help us get a better understanding on what faith is. Paul wrote, For it is by grace you've been saved, through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. See, grace and faith together are gifts from God. Grace is this undeserved, unmerited goodness that God gives to us. We receive it from him. And faith allows us to place our trust and our confidence in that grace. See, faith faith is this gift from God. And and our faith isn't what gets us right with God. What gets us right with God is his grace. Faith gives us the ability to trust in him and the confidence to place in Jesus. This gift allows us to trust him in our daily decisions and choices and the struggles that we face. And we all have faith, every one of us, and we all place our faith and our confidence in someone or something every day without fail. And as I was working through this idea, I started thinking, what, what about atheists? Do atheists have faith? 
And I kind of landed on that atheists are some of the most faithful people on the planet. Because to look at our world, to look at nature, to look at the intricacies, to look at how everything forms and works so well, perfectly together, to look at the human body in and of itself, just the DNA strand, to just see everything in that, and then to say that nothing caused that, or there was this big cosmic bang, and out of all this chaos, order happened. That requires a ton of faith. And so we're all faithful people. And so to wrap up this series, um, the incredible series, and to wrap up our discussion on faith today, I want to take a look at Joshua. And so great is Joshua's faith that he's not even listed in Hebrews 11. Rather, his actions are listed. So let's take a look at Hebrews 11, verse 30. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after the people had marched around them for seven days. If we read this quickly, we are going to breeze right past Joshua. There's an entire Old Testament book called Joshua that details who he was and the important role that he played in leading Israel into the promised land. Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. And book six, right after Deuteronomy, is Joshua. Because Joshua is the successor to Moses. And 40 years before Joshua becomes Moses' successor, Moses sends 12 spies into the promised land. And Moses tells these 12 spies, he said, go get the lay of the land, take a look at the cities, take a look at the fortresses, scout out their armies, take a look at the crops, take a look at the livestock, take a look at the water supplies, and come back and report to me, report to the nation of Israel what you find. And so the 12 spies go in. And now this is the land that was promised to Abraham. So the 12 spies go in and they scope out the land and they see that it is truly a land flowing with milk and honey. It is everything that God had described to Abraham and more. And so they come back, right? They come back and they report on the cities and the fortresses and they come back and Joshua and Caleb, two of the 12, they tell Moses, they tell the people of Israel, this is everything that we've been waiting for. This is what God promised us. Let's go in and let's take the promised land. God is with us. We can go do this. The 10 spies, they say, yeah, it is a land truly flowing with milk, on, milk and honey. But in addition to that, in this land, there are giants. And we will never be able to defeat these giants. And so the 10 spies convince Moses and the nation of Israel to rebel against God. And as a result of the rebellion against God, God puts them on probation for 40 years. And they wander the desert. And so here we are, right? 40 years later now, Moses has died. Joshua is about to lead the nation of Israel into the promised land. And in Joshua chapter 1, verse 9, this is God speaking to Joshua. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And so the old way of life is ending for the nation of Israel and a new way of life is beginning. Their days of wandering endlessly, of setting up camp, of breaking camp, and then going to another piece of sand, of eating manna, those days are over. They've eaten that last meal of manna and now they're entering the promised land. And so Joshua chapter 6 is all about a new beginning 
for the, for, for the nation of Israel. And see, they're going to go through Jericho, and Jericho is the gateway to the promised land. You know, we're on road trips, and we're driving across the country, and we enter a new state, and we see the state sign, and it says, welcome to Wisconsin, or, or welcome to Tennessee. And imagine Jericho, right? It's the gateway. It says, welcome to Jericho, gateway to the promised land. And the first order of business for the Israelites is to take Jericho. And, and Jericho is this super fortified city. It's got three tiers of walls. So the first wall is 15 feet tall. And then the next wall is 15 feet tall. And it's 45 feet tall. And the people would look up and all they would see are these walls. And these walls are so thick and they're so fortified. We heard a couple weeks ago how Rahab and her family and other people, they actually lived inside of those walls. Walls, those walls were so thick. And, and not only were the wall, was Jericho fortified by the walls, but there was no way that you could lay siege to Jericho. You couldn't just starve them out. You couldn't just thirst them out. Jericho had its own fountains and it had its own springs. Jericho had plenty of crops. It had plenty of livestock. And there is no way that through conventional warfare with swords and, and arrows that the Israelites are going to take this city. And so this battle does not happen the way we might have anticipated. God says, put your faith in me, and this city will be yours. And so they're commanded to walk around the city of Jericho once a day for six days. And then on the seventh day, the priests, the armed men, they're commanded to walk around the city seven times. The priests are blowing their horn, and horns, and at the seventh time, they're going to do this long horn blast, and the men are going to shout, and God says those walls will collapse. And that's exactly what happened. Those walls collapsed forward. It created a ramp, and the, and the army of Israel was, went in, and they conquered the city of Jericho. God, God commanded them to be strong and, and courageous, and that command came with a promise. The Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And so in an act of faith, they trust God, and Israel goes on to complete the conquest of the promised land throughout the book of Joshua, and now we get to the end of the book of Joshua. Joshua is 120 years old. He knows he's about to die, and so he's giving his farewell speech for the nation, and so in Joshua chapter 24, verse 14 and 15, Joshua says, now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your forefathers worshipped beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your forefathers served beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we shall serve the Lord. The book of Joshua and the history of the conquest of the promised land, it ends with Joshua telling the people, he's asking the people, where are you going to place your faith? And like them, we get to choose where we're going to place our faith. We've been given this great gift of faith, but it's up to us as to who or where we're going to place that faith and trust. Joshua made it clear he is going to continue to do what he has always done, and he is going to continue to place his faith in God. The rest of the nation, they need to decide what they're going to do. Are, are, are they going to place their faith in the gods, the pagan gods of their forefathers? Or are they now living in this land where there's pagan gods? Are they going to place their faith in the gods of the Amorites? 
We all have this choice to make when it comes to placing our faith. Jack, Jack Runman is going to be a high school senior on Tuesday, and I've been part, I've been able to walk and watch Josh, Jack grow in his faith, and I asked him to come in this week and kind of just share a little bit of his story. So Jack came in, sat down, and we made this video. So would you please take a look at the screens? Hello, my name is Jack, and I've been coming to Riverwind for about 10 years now. So when I was about 15 years old, I'd consider myself to be very agnostic um, in my beliefs, and I, I just didn't know. I just wasn't willing to put my faith into anything at that point. Just going through the motions, kind of not really living. I just started thinking, what am I, what am I here for? What is my purpose? A couple years go by, and my parents started leading a uh, life group with John Howard, and uh, they would come here on Thursday evenings and read the Bible. My thought process was that, you know, all these people are dedicating their whole lives to something that they say is so important, and I just thought it was stupid for me not to at least consider what, what they were talking about, and I was just ready for a change, so I just decided to come. At that point, we were going through the books of the Bible. They connected with me way more than, you know, any books that we were reading at school, and um, I was still agnostic at that point. You know, but I, I just kept on going. And um, I had more and more questions as we kept on reading the Bible. One of those questions was, you know, how, how come I'm not experiencing God? You know, how come I'm not experiencing his, his blessings or just Him in general? And John and my stepdad Mike told me, why don't you just pray these simple prayers? God, if you're real, make yourself real to me. Still, nothing was really changing, but I kept on praying and kept on praying until this one point where I was at my buddy's house about to smoke some weed and um, God literally made himself real to me and it was the realest thing I've ever experienced in my life. Uh, he said, you know, Jack, you need to do a total 180 and, um, you know, get new friends, stop smoking weed, you know, you need to change, be a, more, be a better person towards your family and get out of this, get out of this situation, you need, you need to go home. So after I heard that voice, I was a little bit weirded out and, um, you know, confused. You know, was that just my subconscious telling me what to do or was it actually God's words that I heard? So I looked to the Bible and I just found out that the Bible was full of stories of people hearing God, people, you know, envisioning God and people actually walking with God. So to me, it was 100% the realest moment of my life. So after I made the decision to start living a life for God, um, I made another decision to get baptized. Uh, I was baptized as a kid. That wasn't really me choosing to live a life for God. So I decided to get baptized again here at River Glen. And um, ever since then, you know, I've, I've realized the blessings I have in my life, how lucky I actually am to be sitting right here. Just in general, how blessed I am. And um, yeah, that's why I chose to get baptized, to show my faith in God. There's so much I love about Jack's story, but what impresses me the most, I think back when I was 15 years old. As a 15-year-old, I was not going to show up to a life group with my parents. 
<laughs> I mean, who does that? Um, but we're never intended, what Jack learned is we're never intended to just figure out these faith questions on your own. That's why we have life groups at, at River Glen. Life groups are a place where we can ask questions, where we can learn others, where we can grow alongside one another because we all have something that we can learn from each other and we all have something that we can teach and, and give to one another. And that's why three times a year we do something called group link. And on Sunday, September 16th, after the second service over in the Family Life Center right here, we're going to have group link. And the way group link works is we're going to have some food over there. Go in. You're going to grab some lunch. You're going to walk in. You're not going to be connected into a group. You're going to grab some food. You're going to walk around. You're going to meet some group leaders. And about 30 minutes, 40 minutes later, you're going to leave well-fed, and you're also going to be plugged into a group. You're going to know who your leader is. You're going to know where they meet. You're going to know when they meet. And so you're going to have this group of people to kind of just go through life together, to grow in your faith together. And Pewaukee, you're going to get your chance on Sunday, October 21st, because we put so much emphasis on this, because life groups are an easy way to connect with other people and to grow in our faith. And in addition to that, you know, when we do this Irresistible series, we're bringing in Matt Manzari. I don't know if you caught that video on the top of the service. Matt Manzari was or is a professional wakeboarder, and he was in two tragic accidents. He had two near-death experiences. And the weekend of September 22nd and 23rd, he's going to be right here, and he's going to be sharing how faith impacted him, how his faith was able to get him through this trauma and tragedy in his life. Because faith is so important to all of us. Faith allows us to put our confidence and our hope and our trust in Jesus. See, we all make choices. We are all going to place our faith in someone or something, but faith allows us to hope in more than just the temporary. Because when it comes to faith, this is something we need to work through, we need to wrestle with. We, we've, we are faithful people. We know we're faithful people because we've been given that gift. But where we place that faith and what we choose to do with that faith, that's entirely up to us. Many place their faith in the ways of the world or in their jobs. Others place their faith in their possessions, in their things, in their money. And some of us, we wrongly place our faith in the hands of others or we place our faith in ourselves. We are all flawed and broken, and we don't need anybody to tell us that we're flawed and broken. Fundamentally, inside, we know that there is something wrong with us. We are going to let ourselves down, and we are going to let other people down. And, and as a father, I know there was time when my boys put their faith, their trust, their hope, their confidence in me, and I let them down. I didn't do what I should have done, or I wasn't there when they needed me, and, and, and they were counting on me to be there, and I wasn't. As a spouse, I've let my wife down. I've let Kelly down more times than I care to admit. There are so many times when I said things I shouldn't have said. And then equally on the flip side, there were so many times when I should have said things that I didn't. And see, that's what we're all going to do. We're going to let others down, and they're going to let us down. It's your choice. Where are you going to place your faith. Joshua made it clear. He said, as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. Choosing to place our faith in God like Jack did, like Joshua did, like people throughout history have done. When we make that choice, it's the beginning of a new way of life and it's the ending of an old way of life. 
I mentioned at the top of the service, we're all here. There's different reasons we're here. Maybe you're looking for answers, and maybe you don't want to be here, or, or you love being here, or maybe you're just coming back to church for the first time in a while. Whatever brought us here today, none of us are here by accident. We might not have a reason. We might not know why we're here, but now we're here. And we're in this place, and we have a chance to make a choice. And, and the choice to make, the choice to where to place our faith, that decision is up to us. God gave us this faith, and he also gave us free will, which means we don't have to place our faith and our trust in him. It's up to us. But let's look at that verse in Joshua one more time. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. God knows that there are going to be things, people, and situations in our lives that are going to terrify us, things that we think are insurmountable. And just the same, he says, be strong. He commands us. And we're going to have days and weeks and maybe months and sometimes even years where we're going to be discouraged. We're going to be let down by other people. We're going to be let down by people we love. We're going to mess up our lives, and we're going to make mistakes, and we're going to let ourselves down. And we're going to think that our possessions define us, and we're going to think that we have everything we need until we realize we don't. And God commands us. He says, be courageous no matter what. Because long before we chose God, and maybe you haven't made that choice yet, but you can do that today. Long before we chose God, he chose us. And, and that's, why I believe whether we, that, that's why I believe we are all here today. Whether we are online or whether we're on site, God brought us to this moment. And in this moment, we can choose to place our faith in him. Choosing to place our faith in God is how we show and demonstrate obedience. This series, this series we've been in for the last eight weeks, it's all been about choosing to put our faith and our hope and our confidence in God, the one who sent Jesus to us, the one who loved us so much that he sent Jesus to us. And choosing faith in Jesus is choosing hope, and hope changes us. Hope allows us to see that people and things and possessions they're all going to eventually let us down, but Jesus will never let us down. We, we've been looking at verses through in the book of Hebrews throughout this series, and I want to look at one more verse in Hebrews. It's Hebrews 13, 5. God says, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. That promise from God was true for Joshua and the nation of Israel, and it's true for you and me. All of us here today you know, we're here for our own reasons, but when we choose to place our faith in God, we are choosing hope. And if we look at our lifespan, if we look at our lifespan of 80 years plus or minus, and when we compare all of that to eternity, everything that we think matters today, we're not even going to remember in eternity. The one thing that will matter is did we place our confidence and our hope in Jesus? When we choose Jesus, we choose hope.
And we're going to end this series this morning with a time of communion. And just as we've been promised that God is never going to leave us or forsake us, Jesus came for us, and Jesus wanted us to remember the sacrifice he made for us. And he said, do it in communion. And so when we take the bread, Jesus said, that bread represents my body. He said, eat it in remembrance of me. And he said, take that juice and the wine, and you drink that juice, it represents my blood, and you do it in remembrance of me. And so... My prayer throughout this whole series was that some of you, for the first time in your lives, you would choose to place your faith in Jesus. And I pray that others of you, that you would come back and you would recommit yourself to Jesus. And then for some others, I pray that you would just continue to be strong in your faith and to continue doing what you always have been doing. So wherever you find yourself this morning, right now, we're gonna remember Jesus in a time of communion. Our, t- our communion is open to everyone. The trays are gonna go by. You just go ahead and, and, and you grab the cup and you separate the cup in one cup. There's the wafer, the bread, and the other cup is the juice. And when you take that communion, just reflect on everything that Jesus did for us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the chance to freely attend service and for your love, Lord. Lord, you drew us all to this place today for reasons that we may not understand. But as a people, Lord, here in this moment, may we choose to place our faith in your son, Jesus. He's the hope of the world, and it's his strength we draw on throughout our lives, and it's his power over death that we celebrate, Lord. Because he rose from the dead, we too will be able to rise again. Our faith and our hope is in you, God, and we thank you for sending Jesus. And it's in his name I pray, amen.